This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results, as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. This is the Live Life Aggressive Show. Your Ogan and Mike Mahler. Always bring good information to you guys on a weekly basis. Hell, even twice. That's the way things are going now. Even with bonuses. If you're a, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're even getting bonuses now. That's that's becoming a big hit, man. People are really loving the little mini episodes. Yeah. Oh, good. So, I, I actually enjoy doing them. Yeah, I have this professional microphone I can just plug into my iPhone. So whenever I come up with an idea, I can just record it right away. And I've, I've recorded three clips now. One of them's been released. There's two more in the pipeline. But it's it, I actually enjoy doing it because a lot of times I have these thoughts in my head, and it's good to just verbalize it to get it out there. And what yeah. I'm what I'm recommending that Patreon folks do is send me questions that you would like me to answer. Now, don't send me blood work that you would like me to analyze. Otherwise, I'm going to say your <laughs> full name and address and whatever else issues you have publicly. <laughs> so, but if you have specific questions, I'll, I'll get around to answering them. If you have specific, let me put it this way. If you have questions that I actually want to answer, I'll answer them. If I don't like the question, <laughs> I'm not going to answer it. But if I like the question, I'll take some time to answer it. And if I feel like I have some insight on the question too, if I feel like I'm qualified to answer the question, I'll do it. But uh, other than that, man, I've been working on I've been working on my book Mahlerisms. I mentioned that I started that recently. I've actually actually yeah. started it a long time ago. If you think about it, because Mahlerisms is going to be a compilation of quotes from yours truly, and I com- I've been compiling quotes, just my pontifications on different topics. I'm a philosophical guy, as people know, so I have plenty of opinions on various things. But it's just it's just my opinions on hormone optimization, health, fitness, philosophy humor, you name it. And I'm just working on different sections and so forth. But I started releasing a little bit of this. I put up a Facebook post. I started putting things out on Twitter and people really like it. So I'm looking forward to getting this out and I'll get it out before the end of this year for sure. Awesome, man. Very cool. So yeah, folks. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you definitely want to do that because there's going to be more of that. Like I said, we have these many episodes that both of us are going to be doing. We're going to do Q&A so, and also we know that, you know, certain people at certain tiers, you know, they're already getting privy to the Q&A already. So 
not not only will we just bring it up on a future show, now we're actually going to get it more immediate by doing these mini episodes. So take advantage of that. Right. Like I said, hey, man, you're supporting the show like that. We're going to support you. So let's get that going. But um, today, man, got another great guest. It's always great to have this guest on the show, man. Always lots of information. Right. We've been hitting 2018 like right out of the park, right off the bat, man. Just like oh, bang, yeah. bang, boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> so this is no one thing we're not doing. Be any different. Yeah, one thing we're doing in in 2018 is we're bringing back a lot of the most popular guests who have great information. But one of the other themes is I'm bringing on a lot of new people because I do a lot of the booking. So I've been finding a variety. I mean, some of the some of the guests you're going to be like, okay, where, where's this coming from? But then when you hear it, you're going to go, all right, that was pretty cool. I didn't expect that. Exactly. Because that was the theme of the show when we first started. We would have people such as Robert Green, author of 48 Laws of Power. We would just bring in a variety of different guests. Stephen Cutler, exactly. a Superman book. Ryan Holiday. Superman. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. So I want to bring it back to that rather than just one fitness expert after another. When we bring a fitness expert on or an anti-aging expert, it's the best. But we don't need to do that every single week. We can have some variety in the show, which, which is what it's – and when, I, when we inceptualized it, that's what we wanted to start doing. Yeah, Dr. Delgado's here. We're going to talk about causes of estrogen dominance. Some of them you won't be surprised by. Some of them you're going to be really surprised by, and then you're probably going to go into too delusional mode so you don't have to do exactly. anything with behavior. <laughs> that cognitive dissonance <laughs> is going to kick in. <laughs> you might yeah, you probably leave this episode very pissed off. <laughs> you're like, damn, because <laughs> then you have to make a choice. <laughs> so. You're going to be like, ah, oh, that guy Delgado's a quack. I'm just going to choose not to believe him, <laughs> even though he, he clearly preaches what he he pr- clearly practices what he preaches because he's in his he's in his 60s. He's one of the most fit guys you'll ever meet. But anyway, without further ado, Dr. Delgado, welcome back. Hey, Mike, it's great to be with you. And, you know, Sincere Hogan, we had such a fun show last time. And I got to say, you know, I, I scanned the web and, and uh, I, I noticed that uh, uh, Ben Greenfield and uh, Ty Lopez were kind of bagging on a uh, vegan diet. And they, they said it's okay, but, you know, it's not going to fulfill all your nutritional requirements. You know, plant-based protein is here to stay, and there's a lot of reasons that we'll talk about. But, you know, it but, does but represent quick, a minority. Dr. Delgado, Ben, I heard the episode you did with you did with Ben, and he didn't say that to you when you were on his exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> so it's easy to say it when you're not there. I noticed people like Dave Asprey, and I like Ben. He's a friend of mine. I know him. But I've noticed that a trend here where when they're actually talking to you, I saw the, I saw the interview you did with Dave Asprey as well. Yes. When they're actually talking to you because you're right in front of them, the results are there. You're making the vegan diet work. Now, they can just say, oh, you're the exception to the rule. They can try to spin it that way. But there's so many, there's so many others that are doing it well, myself, Sincere, and, and many of the people that you brought onto your show, that I've noticed that whenever you're in front of them, they don't bring it up then. It's when you're not around. Yeah, and when they're saying I'm the exception, that's really far from the truth. I mean, literally, uh, the worldwide population, if you look back into history and you look at cultures that were the most healthy and the most successful, even the Roman Empire, I mean, you look at the gladiators, they were plant-based-centered right. uh, culture and the greatest warriors in history you think about. But, you know, I, and I look around the blue zones, and, uh, of course, Dan uh, Butner has talked about the fact that the, most cultures are really uh, consuming large 
large amounts of plant-based proteins to exhibit their extraordinary levels of health. And now we see that Hispanics in the United States have the longest life beyond even Asians because they eat so much uh, beans and legumes. And, of course, uh, you know, our friend Dave Astry says, you know, beans are, have lectins and they're bad for you. And that came about because of people were eating uh, raw beans and they were trying to lose weight with these, uh, you know, raw beans. And, of course, you know, that that's the enzymes that's going to cause them some disruption. Right. No one eats legumes raw if you cook it in any way. You steam cook it. You stir fry it. If you get it in a can that's already pre-cooked, you're not going to have right. the issue with lectins. So I get tired of this whole lectin argument. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I just get tired when people leave out things. <laughs> they put a blanket statement out there right. without going into, like, giving the whole truth. It's just enough to, like, you know, to fit their narrative. So that's the one thing that it kind of bothers me. You know, just like, you know, soy, you know. Well, a lot of these people kid. that <laughs> – no, a lot of these people who come at you, Delgado, they're not people who have optimal hormone hormone profiles either. <laughs> Let's just be honest right there. And you do have an optimal hormonal profile. So, I mean, if you wanted to compare your blood work to the people that are your dissenters, you're going to win every time. Well, it, one of the things that I do, of course, you know, with, with Ben Greenfield and, and um, uh, with some of the guys out there, uh, Dave Asprey, you know, they're pretty public figures. And uh, so when they stream live Facebook and they let me do a blood analysis on them and, and we talk about their blood openly and, you know, they share with us, you know, and, and they're trying to make excuses about why their levels aren't as good. Now, Ben's looks pretty good, <laughs> I have to say. He had a little free radical damage, but I took him to the gym and put him through a workout. And here I am, 63, and he's one of the elite uh, trainer athletes and uh, you know he, he does the Spartan run and everything and uh, he had trouble right. keeping up with me I, I pushed him hard and he couldn't outlift me in vertical lifts then I took him machine by machine and we did forced negative reps and it, he said it was the most intense workout he's ever done I took uh, Ebok uh, one of the strongest guys in the NCA uh, college history pound for pound and uh, there's a video now on my website saying he, he it was an extraordinary workout he said he's never been put through such an intense training that's my typical training and these guys you know are, are elite athletes I, I don't even profess to be an elite athlete but i know training i know biochemistry i know how to get my body and help others so it's it's not like it's i'm singled out that i'm unique that you know somehow i have special genetics the, the way dave asprey uh, alluded to the reality is that uh, you know it, this holds true for a vast majority of people who are struggling with fatigue uh, overweight hormonal imbalances and uh, we've just basically figured out the formula to help a vast majority of people that come to us. And uh, even elite athletes uh, and VIPs, I won't name drop all of them, but, you know, these guys uh, realize they get to a certain stage and uh, you really have to go to the next level. And if you want to be at the next level, you've got to know hormones and biochemistry and how to, to maintain peak optimal energy levels. And anyone who has problems in these areas is suffering from estrogen dominance low thyroid problems, they're having low testosterone, or they're injecting uh, synthetic testosterone, and they're not understanding bioidentical and herbal interactions. So, you know, there's a number of things that I think, you know, if you take people to that next level, and then a whole other discussion is just compliance. You know, we're all surrounded mm -hmm. with uh, junk food, and everyone thinks the junk food is good for you. Uh, we, we literally have positioned the meat and dairy industry as, as healthy food to replace our, right. our calcium needs and, and protein needs, and that
that's far from the truth too. So, you know, we really have to help condition people. Sometimes with NLP and neuro-linguistic programming, like I use on my website, uh, I'm launching a whole series to help people to, to really embrace and go to the unconscious level where all this stuff's uh, programmed into them from mass amounts of media and misinformation. Well, be careful with NLP. That could lead you to being part of the Me Too movement on the on the wrong receiving end. So just be careful how you use that NLP when you're out there, Dr. Delgado. We know you're a powerful guy, man. <laughs> well, you know, everyone has an operating manual, but they, they don't teach us how to use the brain. And the brain is, is magnificent. Right. And as you know, 99% of all decisions are at the unconscious level. So once you make a decision and you follow through on it, you know, that decision is something that, uh, you know, people oftentimes uh, realize is the most powerful thing we have. We, we have the choice of what we right. eat. We have the choice of optimizing our hormones and our supplements and our, our really our our mindset. So, you know, I think that the, the real peak performers, you know, like yourself, Mike, and, and Sincere Hogan, I mean, you know, we, we really have to teach our audiences that they too can accomplish these results. I wasn't always in good shape. I, I weighed over 220 pounds. I'm only five foot eight. I was over 25% body fat. I'd suffered a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack, like a stroke when I was only 22 years old. And I was really going down the wrong path until I met a mentor, Nathan Pritikin. And, you know, we all need like a mentor, like a Yoda, like a guide. And I, I just see your show as a guide to people so that they can get enlightened and, and really make some new decisions because the vast majority of people are giving out misinformation when it comes to diet and supplements and health right. and, and hormones. Well, let's get into that because we're going to talk about causes of estrogen dominance. Because I got to tell you, there's a frightening trend that's happening in society. Whenever I go to the pool in Vegas, it used to be I would go to the pool in Vegas and be like, wow, look at all the TNA out here. And I'm referring to women. Now I go yep. to the pool and say, wow, look at all the TNA, but it's only guys that are there. <laughs> if you don't understand the joke, folks, that means a lot of guys have hooters and asses like women now due to estrogen dominance. And a lot of people listening might fall into that category as well. So we've got to do something about this because this is a scary trend. If we don't do something about this soon, we're just people are a lot of women are going to be in lesbian relationships and not realize it. Not that there's anything wrong with being a lesbian, but you know, <laughs> anyway, never mind. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Before I try to explain that bad joke further, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk <laughs> let's talk about causes of estrogen dominance. Well, you're right, Mike. Uh, you know, uh, many men, um, when they reach the age of 50, have a higher estrogen level than a, a menstruating woman at age 25. And when they have that high of an estrogen level, they often start developing what is commonly referred to as man boobs, gynecomastia. And, and this is a condition where the men are actually growing uh, breast tissue. And it, it's, it's disturbing because not only do we see it in older men, we see it in young boys now. We see it in teenagers. We, we see a, a vast number of kids also with acne and skin conditions. Just last week, I was in San Diego at a dermatology convention, the biggest of the year, and there's a, an ongoing dogma that, uh, that diet has nothing to do with acne because of an old study done back in 1996 uh, by Fulton where he claimed that feeding people chocolate did not increase their incidence of, of acne. And, and, and of course, right. you know, you, you cite one study with a small group of people and uh, maybe people who may not be prone to hormonal imbalances, but you look at the vast majority of research and we look at 
the interplay. And I was one of the first to start talking about how estrogen dominance not only affected um, our testosterone experience as men, but it also affects uh, the skin, the quality of the skin. It, it can mm-hmm. cause some abnormal yeah. changes. Um, when we now know that a lot of young uh, people are being given birth control pills, even though it's not for birth control, it's to control their acne because they know that birth control pills increase a binding globulin called sex hormone binding globulin, and that temporarily attaches to the androgens and lowers uh, their incidence of acne. And I I posed the question on uh, the question and answer period uh, in front of all the doctors at the microphone, and I said, so you're going to give birth control pills increase the risk of uh, venous uh, clots, you're going to increase the risk of cancer in these young girls, and then what are you going to do for the men who, who have acne? Are you going to give them birth control pills? I mean, really, I mean, what, what are you thinking? So I said, why don't you introduce them to a whole plant-based whole foods diet where cultures around the world have much healthier estrogen to testosterone ratios. Why don't you introduce them to DIM, methane, indole 3 carbonyl, some of the herbs that have been shown to deactivate harmful estrogens. And by doing so, along with, say, turmeric to help the liver to process chemicals, we use a product called Live Detox. But all that being said, these combinations, along with a methyl donor, uh, which is DMG, TMG, without making it overly complex, all of these herbs and dietary changes and exercise helps the body to move hormones into their proper ratios and help to excrete them when it's appropriate as necessary. So we maintain a good balance of optimum levels of free testosterone, DHT, uh, maintain good androgen levels while reducing harmful estrogen metabolites. See, the reason most doctors right. missed this was because they usually only do blood tests. And blood tests only measures E1, E2, E3, which is just estradiol, right. estrone, and estriol. So when a doctor measures you, and if he doesn't do a 24-hour urine test, he's missing one of the keys that would detect uh, nearly 40 different estrogen metabolites, of which six uh, will show up as what we call harmful or exiting, exerting a very um, negative effect in terms of estrogen dominance. So if you have too much of this bad kind of estrogen, which shows up in a urine test called 16-alpha-hydroxyestrone, that's when men start developing man boobs and other problems. It's interesting that when bodybuilders are measured, they, they also are only measuring their blood levels, and most bodybuilders don't want to have their blood tests done, but if you do, they have very, very high testosterone from injecting testosterone, and they have high estrogen levels, but it doesn't always show up. They can have gynecomastia and man boobs and have to go in for surgery. It's alarming how many guys go in for a, a boob job, that is to remove their boobs, because they have so much estrogen that converts from the testosterone augmentation, and they don't understand that it would have shown up in the urine and they could have taken steps by changing their diet. It's not just the anabolics, it's the fact that they eat so much meat. The number one cause of estrogen dominance, believe it or not, is that animals have an estrous cycle and the more chicken and the more uh, meat, not just red meat, the more pork, the more ham, the more turkey, even fish has PCBs, which is loaded with an estrogen uh, byproduct. So that's, that's from toxins in, in, in the world uh, oceans. But, you know, all this estrogen dominance leads to horrible side effects, an increased rate of prostate cancer, increased, increased rate of breast cancer. It leads to fibroids um, in, in women. 
and endometriosis, uh, ovarian polycystic ovarian cysts. So there's a number of conditions, and I've been working on a book about this whole subject. And for right now, all the literature I've posted is at DelgadoProtocol.com, and there you can see one of nine boxes, and one of them is estrogen dominance. And it goes into this whole story and how to solve it. It's an easy solution. Well, why don't why isn't the information that meat is a primary cause of estrogen dominance? And before you answer, I just want to because people are going to go, well, what about grass-fed meat? What about organic? And they're they're missing the point. Animals are hormonal, so they naturally they inherently have a lot of estrogen levels. And then on top of that, most of the meat that people eat comes from factory farms where the stress levels are through the roof. And you're taking in a lot of antibiotics and xenoestrogens and environmental chemicals that are going to further that estrogen dominance. So why Correct. is this information more proliferated? Well, I think first off, I mean, and you made a good point. Even if they t- get grass-fed and it's organic beef and, you know, uh, Reuben and some of these guys talking about how, you know, you want to choose the right kind of meat and Dr. Axe. And the reality is, you know, th- these meats, as you said, these animals have an estrus cycle. They produce massive amounts of beta estradiol, which is a very, very potent form of estrogen that is going to elevate our estrogen uh, cycle in our own body. So women can handle a little more estrogen than men, but you know, you have men being exposed to massive amounts of estrogen and young boys who never had so much estrogen in their body and little did they realize that it's coming from animal product. And let's face it, I mean, the meat and dairy industry has uh, some of the the uh, big lobbyists in, in uh, politics, and, and they, they, they want to keep us on a meat-centered, dairy-based diet because it's profitable for them. And, and the reality is that, you know, we as a country, our farmers are subsidized to make sure that we raise cattle and beef and the taxpayers donate. Otherwise, a hamburger would cost like $20, you know, and now it's got up right. to $6 burgers, which is crazy. But, you know, the average person can drive through and get a dollar or two burger. And so they're eating massive amounts of animal product that's subsidized by the government and the taxpayers. And it's contributing to the most massive amounts of poor health any nation in the world has ever experienced. And now we've got people that are outspoken, but even people like uh, Michael Greger on nutritionfacts.org or uh, uh, plant-based uh, 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 .com, you know, these people are talking about the problem of switching over to a plant-based diet, and they talk about it, but they never really talk about estrogen dominance. Now, you can search on their sites, and they have some really good references and journals, and they talk about it, but it's one of many, many references, and then it's kind of forgotten, you know, as you go through the literature. So I think right. it's a part of... How do we? What is our eighty twenty? What what is twenty percent of things we do that will give give us eighty percent of our results? You know, and we've got to focus on those things because people, as they age, are struggling. They're in pain. They're having cancer. They're having diabetes and high blood pressure. So there's so many different disease conditions that it's it's obvious they're going to focus on you know the high cholesterol, the high triglycerides from animal product. But people will then come out with a release saying cholesterol is not important. There's all these misleading articles. And, and other doctors that are 
professing that meat is somehow good for you. And it's it's just right. look if you ate it once in a while and you know you were on an island and that was the only food you could eat. If you ate some fish once in a while, but the longest lived cultures like in Okinawa, they eat fish only four times a, a month. Um, they eat principally sweet potatoes and oranges and whole fresh plant based foods. And so their estrogen levels are in a normal, healthy range for men. Men are, are virile and, and physical and strong and muscular. When you look at the New Guinea natives who eat principally sweet potatoes and their leaves, these guys are so muscular. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't even lift weights. They, they can run up the side of a tree to get a coconut. I mean, they're so physically strong and ripped abs. I mean, they don't even have to work at it, you know, and they look great. And right. so, you know, we can learn from these cultures that are approaching the age of 100. The highest number of, of centurions in those past 100 are in the blue zones where the cultures live the longest, have the most sex, uh, eat the healthiest, and really um, abstain from foods that uh, cause them to, to demise and decrease sexual function and energy and strength. Yeah. yeah, I think the key here you said they're living to a, you said they're living to a hundred, but right. you're saying all the same thing. Of course, someone's going to hear to say, "Well, you know, Americans are living longer too." So yeah, but the difference between them in New Guinea and us is the fact that you just said they can still climb up trees. They're still having sex. How many people that are in their 80s and 90s are still having good sex here in America? You know, how many of them can run up a tree and get a coconut here in America at that age and still muscular and lean without having to go and get you know? Test, you know, TRT or anything like that. So that's where you have to question yourself. Of course, people can always try to cherry pick and try to justify whatever they're doing. So and there's a difference between what's going on over there compared to what's going on over here. So I think you just need to point, we need to point that out because again, you know, somebody's sitting back now because we're kind of attacking their religion right now, you know, meat eating, you know, so, so they're, they're ready to defend it, whatever they, you know, with whatever possible, especially, especially, especially where, especially where you live, Sincere. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm in people. I'm in meat. Bill. People, people are getting their guns out right now. They go, "Don't take away my meat. You're gonna, you're gonna meet my well, gun." Look, man, you're talking about a state that almost took Oprah out just for talking bad about the beef industry. Okay, they almost, <laughs> they almost <laughs> bankrupt her and had to take her to court. So, yeah, of course, here in my state, they're gonna sit there and defend their meat, man. I think the thing also is, if you're gonna argue the opposition, you better have the results to back it up. That too. And some people exactly. feel like they, some people feel like they do, right? So they feel like, well, look. All the athletes, all the high-level athletes that are out there in basketball, baseball, MMA, they all eat meat. So people like to use arguments like this. The best well, athletes in the world eat meat. But the person well, arguing is not a high-level athlete and eating meat. <laughs> they're eating meat, but they're not a high-level athlete. So they're speaking for other people, but not for well, themselves. Even, they're not even, talking about their own opinion. Well, even, even, more, even more important than that is the fact that high-level athletes are all genetically gifted. Genetically <laughs> right. gifted people that out. Have, a, they have, a, they have a much different set of rules than the average person has. So you don't want to look at genetically gifted people and go, oh, here's what works for a genetically gifted person. I'm going to try that and see if I get results. That's flawed right there. But anyway, Dr. Delgado, what about some some of the other causes of estrogen dominance? What else is on your list? Well, you know, the obvious is the xenoestrogens, drinking from plastic bottles, fire retardant that's required in the bedding so that, um, you know, if someone is in a fire, you know, it, it reduces the, the burn rate of the bed. But, you know, meanwhile, right. you're exposed to all these fumes and toxins and cosmetics. Uh, you know, certainly it's it's even in uh, cash receipts. When you grab a little cash receipt, it's got right, estrogen right, chemicals. I, I mean, it, it, it's like everywhere you turn. And so now the, the, the rivers and streams are loaded 
associated with this estrogen byproduct, and so some of the animals can't reproduce any longer. You know, there, there's there's incidences now of of difficulty uh, for uh, you know young adults, you know, having trouble uh, siring a right. child, and you know, oftentimes right. uh, when you have this estrogen dominance, it makes it much more difficult to encounter, enjoy libido and sex and energy. You know, you'd given me a tip, and I I'd created a, a really fine product, and you have some excellent, incredible products for enhancing testosterone. And it, we, our product originally was called Testro Vita Cream. And um, right. you mentioned about linoxygen, and so I looked it up and uh-huh. researched it for, it must have been a year, but 5-alpha-hydroxyl linoxygen, and I added it as uh-huh. a dominant ingredient to our new product called Testrogenesis. And not only that, I added DHEA, and it has uh, it had DHEA, but beta-cytosterol, and it had chrysin, and chrysin is taken topically. You just rub the, the, the cream right behind your ears, and it just absorbs, and within a half hour, Hour, you just feel the strong stimulus of motivation, of libido, of energy, and it lasts for most of the whole day. I mean, it, it's really an amazing product, and I, I really thank you, you know, because, Mike, you know, you're out there researching, I'm researching, you know, some of the big pharma companies and nutraceuticals, they have their, their researchers, but we figure it out, and then we use a natural delivery system and ingredients and, you know, tribulus and all these cool things like zinc and, you know, things the body really needs. As we age, both men and women have a decline and imbalance where, again, we get too much of certain harmful estrogen metabolites and not enough of the natural androgens. So here's a simple way by rubbing a little cream uh, behind your ears. Now, we had a funny show last time about where else you can rub that cream, but I got to <laughs> tell you, this cream is so freaking potent. I put it at five times to ten times more potent than my original formula. I would have never said that or believed it until... Uh, my clients started using it. You only put about a pea size, you know, behind the neck or in the crease of the arms, or you can put it on the perineum. And uh, I tell you what, you're going to feel it, and it's going to be an experience uh, prior to uh, intimate yeah, encounter. You sent, me, you sent me a couple bottles. I, I'm going to start using it in March. Uh, the reason why I haven't started it is because I'm on my testosterone booster right now, and I, I didn't want to take both at the same time because I want to use yours independently and get some lab work done and see yep. how it works and so forth. But I did really well with Testrovita cream, of course. As you know, we talked about that last time. So I'm looking forward to trying this product as well. And I'm glad you added the, the laxogen in it. I think that's a great addition. Yeah, and, you know, we, we, we were always looking for ways to combat estrogen dominance. And I have to say that, you know, people, they'll open their ears, they'll listen about diet, but this is kind of the tougher thing for them to make a change. The great thing about a cream right. like this, Testrogenesis, is it works so quick and immediately, and it's so affordable, a supply would last a couple months. And then if they use some of your testosterone boosters and, and our t- uh, test, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the various products that we use for enhancing uh-huh. the herbal inter- interaction, that is uh, Estroblock, uh, which has been used for years uh, by our clients with great success, and that helps to detoxify these harmful estrogens. Once people get results, they feel good, and then they start thinking, oh, well, yeah. maybe I should change my diet too, and, and that's what I'm exactly. looking for. I always tell, I say, if you can make someone feel, if you could give someone a pill where they feel optimal, everything is optimal. They just have a, a, an orchestra of optimal hormones for an hour, and then it wears off. They would do anything it takes to get back to how they felt in that hour. More of the Live Life Aggressively show right after this word from our sponsor. 
This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. And now back to the show. You just don't know what you're missing out on. You're so used to operating at this subpar level. You think it's normal. All your friends are tired. All your friends drink four cups of coffee in the morning to get their day going and take naps in the afternoon and or watch four hours of TV in the evening because they're too tired to have sex with their significant other or work out in the gym. I mean, I, I go, I take my dogs for five mile walks every day and, and people think that's an intense workout. I got walking. I, I do walking every day for mental health and for my dogs. I don't even count it as part of my workout routine. Well, I agree. And, you know, it, I, you know, I, when you work out, you know, it's fun when you run, you move the body fast and hard. And, and I, I think, yeah. you know, the whole idea of training is train rapid, hard and fast, little or no rest between sets. And uh, when I took mm-hmm. Ben Greenfield, who's an elite athlete, into the gym there because he and I were going to go see the uh, Mayweather uh, uh, Conor McGregor fight. And uh, we went into right, the right. gym. And I had my buddy Max uh, take a few video shots and things of us working out. And, and it was so intense for him. You know, I told him, you know, this is so intense. You're probably going to be screaming like someone's killing you or something. But, you know, just let it go because it's intense to, to get through the training. And so when I was putting him through each each rep and each uh, position, he's like, Jesus, and breathing heavy and, and, and yelling and screaming in the gym. There were like, everyone's wondering, what the hell? Is someone, you know, beating up someone or what's going on? And, uh, you know. 
he got through the workout and he said, Jesus, that's, that's crazy intense. And, you know, the intensity helps build muscle. It helps uh, the concentric contraction, which is where you, you build the most muscle. And, uh, you know, the recovery phase is critical. So you n- need to know how to mm-hmm. train intensely and then recover. And, of course, walking is a great way to recover. And, you know, just right. mental release of energy and just yeah. stress release. Uh, you know, we, we, we think the combination of herbs, supplements, and training intensely. You know, uh, Art Devaney talks about, I guess he might be in his 70s, and I heard a nice podcast with yeah. him. And he was talking about, you know, that, that this intense training is one of the reasons why he's in such good shape. And, you know, he says, you know, adding oil to your diet doesn't make sense. And, you know, all this meat in the diet isn't a good idea. And, you know, as guys get older, and if they really listen to this and gals, they'll, they'll, they'll get clear that it'll make their progress so much more rapid. I mean, they'll, they'll actually see their abs and, and see their, their striations and their muscles and things. And, you know, really a f- more shapely, firmer fit. Yeah looking body if, if they're eating a bad diet no matter how hard they work out it's going to be extremely difficult to burn the amount of calories because the fat you eat is a fat you wear and all that excess fat and protein and animal product if you switch over to a plant-based whole food diet like our book simply healthy cookbook and you follow the guidelines you know we've launched a, a website with nine different uh, categories so people can just click on any one of them and whatever their interest is of the nine categories and they're going to find a whole education library that took me five years to assemble so really uh, I think the starting point is just take the free um, quiz it's an easy quick solution and then you know click on each of the the areas and you know leave the sexual health for last because that's the funnest one I mean that's just crazy fun when you read (laughs) study that part of it well it's fun if you have a good sex drive and, and sex life it's not so fun if you're going through it like, so, do you have morning erections? Nope, haven't had one in five years. <laughs> do you get aroused when you see attractive women? Nope. <laughs> you know, when's the last time you had sex with your wife? Oh, Valentine's Day last year. <laughs> that could be that could be demoralizing for people. But real quick, before I want to make sure we cover this on the topic of estrogen dominance, let's talk about soy and then let's talk about alcohol. Soy is always blamed as the primary culprit for estrogen dominance. People throw that around all day long. How much of a factor is is soy a problem, and if so, how much of a problem? Well, there's some large-scale studies um, where they combined the different studies. We looked at uh, soy and its use, and was there any uh, side effects or problems in cultures that consume more soy than we do? And what they basically found was a synthesis of each of the studies showed that uh, actually soy did not cause uh, harmful side effects. Now, although I will admit that it's best not to consume too much of any kind of processed food and soybean is the original edanami and so forth you know these are fine but you know fermented uh, soy products are probably better but when you're consuming uh, soy products in small quantities not consuming it because you think you need it you know for extra protein because we know that's not the case we we really only need 20 to 60 grams of protein a day it's very easy to get without even consuming soy but the soy products in the cultures consuming soy had the lower incidence of breast cancer um, it, it, right. it acts like a phytoestrogen. It actually adheres mm-hmm. to the target site, so it actually is somewhat protective yeah. from other harmful estrogens. Right, right. I remember we talked about this with our guest last week, Jerry Branham, and I mentioned a book by Dr. Eugene Shippen, The Testosterone Syndrome, and this, this is a, an older book. It might be 15, 20 years old. 
And he mentioned that he would actually give patients 25 grams of soy protein if they had conversion of testosterone to estrogen. And it worked just like what you said. It would block the estrogen receptor from picking up stronger estrogens and actually have a normalizing or lowering effect. Yeah, I had a number of talks with Eugene Ship, and I was fortunate because I was one of the lead lecturers at the AFRM, and they've invited me back again okay. after a number of years to be a keynote speaker. And uh, Eugene, uh, you know, he, he'd always pin me down. He'd say, you know, you know more about herbs than anyone I know, and, you know, let's sit down and, and you know, your theories about estrogen dominance and, you know, how does DIM work and how does indole-3-carbinol and, you know, what are these products that help and, you know, is there something we can do, you know, and, and you know, the diet, you know, he, he, if you ever saw Eugene in person, I don't know if you ever met him, but you know he, he's got kind of that large uh, belly, and he, you know, he, he doesn't realize that consuming animal product causes dysbiosis and all this gas and you know problems, and then also a lot of fat that builds up in in the uh, abdominal area, and that that leads to insulin resistance. So I talked with a dermatologist recently, and we were talking about the whole thing of estrogen dominance and how it relates to insulin. It's it's a real story, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hand-in-hand hand hand insulin resistance. What about alcohol and estrogen dominance? Well, alcohol uh, does increase estrogen levels, and it's it's a huge problem, especially you're out on a date, you're drinking alcohol, and now you're <laughs> thinking of having sex. It's going to increase your estrogen level and decrease your performance. Also, my, you also, if you have one too many, you might make the wrong choice, too. You get, you get a wine goggles or beer goggles. <laughs> you make a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> you get into a fight with someone you never should have even looked at. You know, you've got those beer muscles going on. I always say like 99% of problems that happen are always alcohol-related. I mean, think about any fight that happens on the strip. How many of them did not involve alcohol in some capacity? Well, let's move on to thyroid health because we get a lot of questions, especially from women who have thyroid issues. What do you think are the, the main causes of thyroids? And we can, talk, we can talk about a sluggish thyroid first. Man, most people who have thyroid issues. Usually it's a, a sluggish thyroid rather than one that's hyperactive. Well, you know, thyroid is a whole issue. And I would estimate that the World Health Organization claims that somewhere close to a billion people have uh, iodine and thyroid deficiency. Dr. David Brownstein mm -hmm. states that iodine has been replaced uh, in, in salt, you know, with bromide. Breads have bromide. Right. I mean, there's, there's all these halloids that interfere with the normal iodine function. Iodine is one of the critical, along with selenium and some trace minerals, to help a person have normal thyroid function. And I know there's some dogma out there that cruciferous vegetables somehow will interfere with thyroid function. And that was in some isolated animal studies. It was never shown to be the case in, animal, in humans. And the reality is, uh, we know we need some cruciferous vegetables, and uh, certainly products that have DIM and indole-3-carbonyl are cruciferous vegetable extracts, so we use the, the ester block. But, you know, the point is that cruciferous vegetables are very healthy to helping us to modulate uh, uh, estrogen dominance, and if we're dealing with thyroid problems... Uh, oftentimes people who have cold hands and feet and they think that's just normal. I mean, when you shake hands with somebody, you're embarrassed to shake hands because your hands are always cold. You know, they say uh, yeah. cold hands, warm, warm heart. But the reality is, you know, they really have potentially a thyroid disorder. And if you look at the outer third of a person's eyebrows, if they're thinning, that's called Hertog syndrome. 
named after Dr. Terry Hertog's father and father before him, where they had diagnosed that that was one of the signs of thyroid deficiency. Uh, certainly having fatigue, having problems with sustaining an ideal body weight, you know, these things uh, play a role. And uh, I think there's a lot of endocrine disruptors. Part of the problem is there's so many chemicals and toxins. And now in this age of nuclear radiation, we have Fukushima and these radioactive particles that you can't see, taste, or smell. And you breathe them or they come into a fish that you consumed or it, it's something in, in the, you know, the, the water supply or whatever. But the, these radioactive uh, particles, if you have active, um, if, if you're taking milligram dosages of iodine, that can have a protective factor on the thyroid. And it also can help overcome hypothyroidism. But I generally don't stop at right. just using iodine and selenium and trace minerals. Uh, of course, we want a person to go on a diet free of endocrine disruptors, and it turns out that dairy product interferes a lot with the thyroid function. We know uh, that uh, the use of animal product is not a good thing, but we know that fruit is very helpful and supportive of healthy thyroid function. We know that the sun and, and the daylight is conducive of good adrenal function and thyroid. Uh, but I generally will add T3, uh, T4. If a person's like a really strict vegan and they don't want any animal product, product, they can get it compounded, T3, T4, right. and this is uh, the T3 is the bioactive form of thyroid, and we've seen miraculous results with it. Some people use Armor, uh, Nature Steroids, uh, Westeroid. These are products that have T3, T4, and um, we've noticed combined with iodine, fabulous results in restoring people's. I've had people 10, 15, 20 years suffering from low thyroid, and they never even knew it. Their doctor did a standard thyroid panel, and they never did. All they measured was TSH and T4 and total T3, but it's free T3, which is the bioactive form of thyroid. And when you measure it, if it's low, or even if it's in the low end of the scale, if it's in the reference range, but the low end of the scale, not at optimum at the high end of the scale, then a person with symptoms, and they can just take that uh, free quiz at DelgadoProtocol.com, and one of the quiz questions relates to you know, some symptoms related to low thyroid, and then a simple blood test or a urine test will detect if they're truly low. And I, I have to say that when you restore thyroid and you restore, restore adrenal function, uh, we use a product Adrenal DMG and use methyl donors, uh, NeuroInsight, which, which gives MSM, TMG, and uh, uh, DMG. Uh, all these combinations really optimize hormone balance. It's amazing and extraordinary how herbs and supplements can work so well in combined with a good diet and exercise. I've seen within months people transform their body. You know, people aren't going to drastically lose weight in a few weeks like all these diet promises. You lose 30 pounds. And, you know, in three weeks and crazy stuff on all these keto and paleo diets when the reality is they're just dehydrating because their body's so suffering from animal product and taking complex carbohydrates out of the diet. And, you know, now the body's just, just searching for water. So it leaches water out of the body and you excrete all this water. But once they go back on the diet, they balloon up fast and they gain weight back faster than before. And I've argued with Dave Asprey. I've argued with some of these keto proponents. And it's funny when you look at their body and their face and year after year they're not looking better each year and when i looked at his blood i'm like geez this this guy's out of control his, his lipids are high
high, his <laughs> cholesterol's high, he's a heart attack waiting to happen. I told them that. And, you know, people need to face the truth. You can't go on these fad diets and think you're going to get good results. You really have to follow a, a lifestyle. And that's what we call lifestyle medicine, right, Mike? It's, it's good common sense. And balancing the thyroid is one of the critical hormones to quality of life and longevity. You know, people with good thyroid levels, if they do develop cancer of the breast or of any part of the body, their survival rate is far better than people who have low thyroid levels. So thyroid plays a role in all metabolic processes, and it's very easy. If they go to our website, they can get information about uh, rat iodine, a product that would help, and they can call our office if they want to get you know, some, uh, a thyroid test. And there's a test kit on our, our website, DelgadoProtocol.com, so they can really learn with questionnaires and tests and do more and introduce their doctor to this information. And from there, I think we can really see transformations for people. What about, and this is a little bit of a segue, we're going to go into a, another topic. But what about vaccines? I know you've been outspoken about that as well, and there's a lot of controversy on vaccines. I know that there's a movie you referred to, which I watched a little while ago, Vaxxed. And the, the, I think one of the main points that was made in the movie is not even saying don't get vaccines, but make sure you avoid a certain combination at a certain time. So in other words, make sure a kid gets to a certain age. Don't vaccinate so young and then don't use a particular combination. I forget the combination that was to be avoided. But what is your opinion on vaccines in general? Well, little or no vaccines is best. And in the early days, you know, when kids got sick, they would get them all in a room. They'd get mumps or measles and they'd be immunized for life. Now, we have a generation prior to us which was authorized with only maybe eight vaccines, and the incidence of autism was starting to appear. And then we saw where it's mandatory for close to 40 different vaccine schedules. I saw recently an example of, of twins, and it was such a sad story because the twins, uh, you know, were babies. They were cooing and, t and, you know, talking in baby talk and very alert, very normal, very healthy. And they got their vaccine schedule, both twins at the same time. And both twins, within days, all of a sudden stopped communicating. They showed all the symptoms of autism. They're uh, unfortunate, and, and they declined rapidly. And I know that in the early days, days uh, when vaccines were given out, the, the government set it up so that the pharmaceutical companies did not have to pay for any lawsuits. And there was millions of dollars worth of claims coming in from damage to kids immediately following vaccines. There was no coincidence. It was like immediate after the vaccine. And there was even deaths. And because the taxpayers had to pay out the money and it didn't come out of the phar pharmaceuticals uh, budget, they continue to promote more and more as one of the most profitable industries at this time in the history of mankind in tr terms of drug intervention. In countries, third world countries, they even used the live vaccine because they found out that the uh, deactivated dead vaccine did not create long-term immunity. And so some of the kids were actually getting the illness, but it's injected directly into the bloodstream. It doesn't enter to the normal portal, like through the nose or the mouth, where you, you know, you get ill, but your body recovers and sets up all of its proper defense. The danger is people are injecting these toxins uh, and chemicals. And, and I remember my grandmother told my parents 
don't let any of the kids get vaccinated. It's monkey pus. And, and I'm like, what do you mean monkey pus? When I grew up, I'm saying, how come I wasn't vaccinated? And, you know, I looked it up and they actually do. They take monkey pus and they take, you know, animal pus and, you know, they use all these microbes and chemicals and then they have to use mercury and then they switch from mercury to aluminum. And uh, they noticed that if they injected uh, these uh, healthy individuals, adults with a certain amount of aluminum that the body could process it, the kidney, but it would be in their system for four years later. But a, a young child or a baby, when they're injected with massive amounts of aluminum and mercury, and by the way, the mercury and aluminum, its only purpose is to agitate or irritate the body to activate the vaccine chemical. And so it's really a backwards way of dealing with the body's immune system. When you understand the elegance of the immune system and how incredible it is, I've written articles on my website about the powerful steps to build up the immune system because I coach people uh, from Hope for Cancer and other individuals that are struggling with, you know, to, to want to avoid reoccurrence of cancer. So I'm always looking at the immune system and how can we help these people without subjecting them to flu vaccines and chemical vaccines and childhood vaccines. And I'm so outspoken about it that I created a website called fightvaccines.com. And on there is a two-and-a-half-hour panel with Andrew Wakefield, myself, and four other prominent doctors and educators. And we retold a whole story about how vaccines came about and how the herd effect is a joke and a lie. And there's never been a drug that everyone had to take so that the whole herd would be protected. That's ridiculous. It's just marketing. And the pharmaceutical companies know it, and they just want everyone to believe and even including nurses and doctors have to be vaccinated. I have friends that get out of the profession because they refuse to be vaccinated because they know the danger. And so, you know, we have a really strange situation going on. And I just want at least people, even if one person hears this message and goes to fightvaccine.com and just studies what, what it is instead of just the traditional dogma. I, what is that guy, uh, Teller and uh, William and Teller or something in Vegas, and they throw things at a, a bag? What is yeah, it? Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah. Penn and they're and all, they're knocking Penn anyone who says no to vaccines and, you know, especially mandatory vaccines. And, you know, they're not even giving scientific arguments. They're just giving emotional things, yelling at the screen and yelling at people like Andrew Wakefield. Right, and right. Some really important people. And it's really sad that people get influenced by that stuff. I think a lot of people get scared into it, right? They yes. get a lot of pressure. You go to a doctor's office with your young kids, and it's like, oh, you need these vaccines. And if you push back, a lot of these doctors can be very aggressive with, no, you have to get this. You know, you're not being a good parent if you don't get this. You know, well, your kids can't go to the school because of that. And they find so many ways to pressure right. you into it. It's like, well, he hasn't been vaccinated yet. He can't start school yet. And then you start right. EPS, Child Protective Services, and they started, you know, bringing, you know, all the government officials started getting involved. So then these parents were really getting intimidated and bullied into doing this. Then, then their peers are like, other parents are like, well, you can sit and go through all this, all these conspiracy theories or whatever else, but when your child is sick and dying, then don't say anything. And then, you know, are you responsible now for the child's death? They should be arrested for that, you know, for child endangerment. So you hear all these different things. And it's just like, okay, and, and where is this coming from, really? So what about the opposite? Well, it hasn't been proven yet. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, there, there's no evidence stating that, you know, these, these, it's going to cause autism. Yeah, where's the evidence saying that it doesn't? <laughs> no one ever asked that question, you know, so. 
Well, Dr. Thompson, you know, was aware of in in the government studies, and uh, they knew they had confiscated the group of people's data that showed that uh, the vaccines did cause uh, autism. And uh, so they're waiting for a public trial, and because he's a public employee of the government, he has to be um, uh, basically brought to uh, through the courts, uh, and he's willing to testify, but he has to be uh, done in a proper method. You, you can't just do an external you know, system and just say, hey, uh, come and testify about this, this matter. It's got to be in a court of law, and it's got to be in a certain method. And for some reason, they've delayed this, and you know, no one's been able to bring the truth forth, but he knows for a fact, and he talks about it openly in the movie Vaxxed, and it's interesting that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in a situation where because of mandatory vaccines in some states, including California, I have a number of friends that have come to me and, you know, they're, they're concerned. And uh, I, I, you know, I've made sure that uh, none of uh, my kids have, have been vaccinated. Um, and I made sure that I helped my friends to find a doctor that might be able to help them to basically you have to identify 10 steps and if both parents are in agreement, um, there's some final ways left that might, uh, with an, uh, a special uh, IEP uh, educational uh, program where a, a, ch- a child can be exempt. And I'm so thankful because my little nine-year-old, they were trying to force me to vaccinate him. And, you know, we, we went through the steps and he had some symptoms of Asperger's. And um, so we were concerned. And um, fortunately, he's been exempt. He's integrated in regular school now. He's doing fabulous. You know, his immune system sensitive. So, you know, when he, when something Things come up if he doesn't eat properly from the school lunch, and I'm battling that right now because I send him with healthy foods, and they'll slip in, you know, grab the school lunch instead. So, you know, there's 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 always a battle at every level. But if you love your kids, which I'm sure every listener here does, you do everything you can. You do anything for your children. And ever since my son Lance uh, was born 30 years ago, and I didn't realize, but Rh factor was a type of vaccine loaded with mercury, and they banned its use in 2000 but my son Lance was injected in 1986 right when he was coming out the womb and unfortunately it caused permanent brain damage and he's lived his entire 30 years with um, very severe severe autism and you know can't communicate wow. more than three words so for me it's it's an ongoing public and personal trial to uh, alert uh, parents and friends and people who are prepared to you know at least consider that there's healthy ways to build up the immune system there's ways to protect our body and these have been something that's been part of the human race for since its inception so if we open our mind and our bodies to the possibility that we don't have to mandatory and legislate so the pharmaceutical companies can profit in such a big way uh, I think hopefully someday soon we'll come to Together as a culture and, and uh, outlaw the mandatory vaccines. Yeah, this just reminds me of on a much less severe level the flu vaccine. Right, people get the flu shot every year, but there's new strains occurring all the time as well. So you're not even protected. You're protected against a strain that you're not going to get hit with. You're <laughs> you get the flu shot, you get all the negatives of the flu shot, and then you still get the flu because another strain comes in that you're not immune to. Yeah, uh, Julian Whitaker on his website has a really remarkable response. One of his writers did a great job and it was talking about the flu vaccine and showing that, uh, the use of it and, and much like other vaccines, but 
giving the inoculation or the vaccine uh, when there's an outbreak, there was no lower incidence of either flu or other, uh, some of these other various diseases. And what happens is in the vaccinated population, oftentimes they have a higher incidence than the non-vaccinated groups. And how do you explain that? Uh, you have to look at the evidence and the science behind it, and you, you start to realize that you know there there are ways in which the body has built up a unique defense system and to inject chemicals into the body to create an immunity you know then people say well polio's less and some of these other diseases yeah. but you can see the incidence of clean water and and uh, clean um public uh, systems that have been implemented and you mm-hmm. know they used to just dump sewage into the water supply i mean there's there's some some really right. bad practices in the middle ages and and prior to and p- prior to even antibiotics there was just this whole uh, schedule to clean up you know the waters and the sewage systems and so forth so really we have to look at uh, at the true incidence of disease and you know how we go about uh building up the body and the immune system so you know the these uh, flu vaccines are not any Anything that, um, that I would ever take or, or have any of my friends or family do, it's it doesn't make sense. Well, what does make sense to build up against the against the flus or colds? Just following the dietary recommendations that you should be doing all year round. But are there any supplements, glutathione, anything like that? that can help fortify people? Yeah, there's some really great things you can do. I mean, you know, I, I think that anyone who has a cold or flu coming on, and, and just because if you put uh, 20 people in a room and, and one of them's got a fever and a cold or, you know, a flu, a, a pretty good percentage of the people are going to get that. You know, that's just what's going to happen. The key is, you know, I, I always talk to health experts and they say, I never get a cold or flu or sick, you know, ever. And I'm like, okay, then you don't have kids around. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's... It, it, an exposure issue. So once you get exposed, the, the question is, how strong is your immune system? How quick can you recover? Just like with cancer, if you develop cancer, which we do it several times during our lifetime, how strong is your immune system to fight off a abnormal cell that's developed? And the systems are very similar. If you go to our, our website, um, which has chronic diseases A to Z, DelgadoProtocol.com, it talks about you know the, the various stages of how to build up the immune system in a very uh, effective uh, way. And when you ask about glutathione, that's part of it. But interestingly enough, DMG, dimethylglycine, there's a book by Roger Kendall, Wellness with DMG, and TMG, trimethylglycine, um, we have looked at the science about how the body uh, improves the liver detoxification and biochemical reactions of the liver, and how does the body generate energy. And so it turns out that DMG, which naturally comes from apples and other things, and TMG, along with MSM uh, and uh, the use of uh, the uh, various methylcobalamin, which is the B12, a methyl group. The, these methyl donors help to uh, lend a methyl group, which basically just simply means that the body needs to go through its processes of generating uh, biochemical energy and reactions, metabolism, in other words, when you're, when you're digesting food, when you're creating energy as you breathe oxygen. Um, the creation and the generation of hormones requires uh, these simple elements. So uh, in a product we call Nero Insight, we have the best methyl donors. And so people notice if a cold or flu is coming on, they use a combination of adrenal DMG to uh, 
support the adrenal glands with ashwagandha and various other herbs, garlic and things. And so these immune enhancers, along with TMG, DMG, MSM, and the methylcobalamin, also phosphatidylserine, this combination, you just take uh, maybe instead of normally six, uh, three capsules a day, you take six a day, and you'll notice that that colder flu, when it comes on, it'll go away quicker. You'll also notice that if you hydrate, when you have a lot of congestion, a lot of phlegm, drink lots of water, but ideally hydrogen-rich water. Uh, there's some devices that generate more water. We use H2, the ultimate antioxidant. You drop a tablet in the water, it generates more hydrogen. The more fiber in your diet, at least 60 to 100 grams of fiber a day, your body produces more hydrogen in the gut. And in primitive times, we had more than enough hydrogen, which serves as a wonderful antioxidant. So we need these combinations. And then as we eat a lot of fruit and get outdoors in the daylight, because the daylight helps the adrenals produce cortisol. And cortisol is the frontline defense against flus and colds. And there's a great book, Safe Uses of Cortisol, by William McKinley Jeffries. And it talks about how we can build and optimize and actually overcome flu and knock it out within maybe two days instead of it lingering for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. I mean, when people get these illnesses, they don't just come and go. They have a lingering cough for weeks later, months later. And the reason is they don't understand they're eating too many animal products that are very congestion. The dairy products cause a lot of congestion and mucus. The body's just trying to get... And what is congestion? People take cough syrup and cough drops, and they're suppressing the natural body's ability to cough. Cough should be... Uh, expelling or productive cough. You've heard that term, right? It's helping to get rid of all this congestion, the phlegm and all this. And when you give it enough fluids and when the urine turns clear, not yellow, you're hydrated and you're outdoors in the sun at least 30 minutes a day or more, you're basically along with exercise. Gentle initially because you don't want to work out when you're so fatigued you can barely move. But get your body outdoors walking at least. You know, move the body. Get the lymphatics going. Jump on a trampoline. When, you know, when my kids get sick, I take them to the sky high jump sports, you know, and we're jumping on trampolines and stuff. And I tell you what, you know, kids get better quick, you know, adults get better, uh, seniors get better, and the same type of protocol helps for building up the immune system when you're combating cancer. And I, you know, I don't like to use the C word, no one can cure cancer, but we do know the incidence of cancer is much higher, and people eat a lot of meat, cheese, eggs, and dairy product. It's much lower worldwide in plant-based centered diets. You know, Gerson Lesser would have people eat 1,400 pounds of apples and carrots and celery and, and cucumbers and bell peppers. In a year, they would juice and blend all these fresh fruits and vegetables and it's, the great thing about fruits and vegetables is it's very hydrating. The water hydrates right. and it, 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 it absorbs better than just typical water. And that helps to move this congestion out of the body. You want to knock out a flu or a cold quick or you want to combat cancer and, and build an immune system. I'm featured on the secrets about the autoimmune disease right now. You know, the truth about cancer came out and I'm getting all kinds of media now. Everyone's coming into my Facebook and they're just finding out about me because I talk about these natural methods. People are sick and tired of using drugs and chemicals and, and uh, really synthetic methods that the body wasn't designed to, to respond to, you know? Well, we always have to look at diseases are not a deficiency in the drugs. If you have depression, you don't have a Prozac deficiency. Right. If you have, I mean, we just go, if you have erectile dysfunction, it's not because you have a Viagra or Cialis deficiency. Exactly. Yeah, so the body, when we're young, we have optimum hormone levels under an ideal diet and exercise and just 
think of us outdoors in the rainforest and running, you know, being free and healthy and, you know, exposed to sun and fresh fruits and vegetables and whole foods and, you know, being attracted to the opposite sex and having a good time or, you know, just engaging in healthy activities and laughter and fun. Mm -hmm. You know, love is such a powerful emotion and people need to embrace love. And there's just so much concern and fear in our culture. And as as human animals, you know, we always search for for fear and and, uh, danger first. And so it's hard not to be negative in a in a in a world that publicizes this stuff to such a high level, it's been stated that there's probably less, uh, you know, killings and 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 deaths from war and and aggressive methods than any time in history. But it's publicized more than any time in history. So we all freak out, we right. get upset, we get stressed, and and rightfully so. But not, not to the point where we overfocus on it. We really have to bring a nation together and understand, you know, to release these these fears and guilts and and harmful feelings. But I. I think, you know, just short after Valentine's Day, I, I wrote a book on love and intimacy for men and women. If you just type in uh, Nick Delgado and give a review at the New Guide for Maximum Pleasure for Men and New Guide to uh, Sensual Bliss for Women, that's an e-book, and I've, I've, it's only $2.99 for each. And I, I spent years writing this book. You have no idea. I don't know why it took me so long to finish, but I finally came out on Valentine's Day, and I have a new book coming out in print here in a few weeks uh, combining the men and the women's book. And so, you know, people can, can really study. I mean, I think love, sex, and, and intimacy, it's hard to be an angry person when you're getting laid every day. I mean, just you're just in a good mood. You know, I think these politicians just don't get right. laid often enough. And they want to go to war, you know? <laughs> well, I think I think intimacy, which doesn't necessarily mean sexual relations, but I think intimacy is something that the average person is starving for. And that's why we see so much proliferation of social media where people are just desperate for any kind of connection. And if they can't get it in the real world, which is the best place to get it, then they go online. And if they can't get positive attention there, then they become trolls and just start looking to get negative attention because that's better than no attention. So I think lack of intimacy is a big problem in our society for sure. Yeah, it it is. And I, I think... It's it's really it's a vulnerable state. When I talk to women, I ask them, you know, right. you know, it's true that seventy five percent of women fake their orgasms, and I wrote about this in my book. And I said, you know, there's women know what it takes for them to achieve orgasm. Men are quite simple, and it's obvious when a man <laughs> achieves orgasm. But but women, yeah. you know, it. it 20 minutes to kind of engage and to talk with them and, you know, talk to, find out their love language and soothe them. And, you know, it's often stated it takes, you know, seven hours or three dates before a woman will be open to and receptive to, you know, engaging. But, you know, when I talk to the women and, you know, I say, well, you know, how come you're uncomfortable about allowing yourself to be pleased and have an orgasm? And the reality is I state, well, maybe it's you feel vulnerable. And vulnerable is a position that might leave you susceptible to love and feelings. And, you know, I've had many women state back to me that was true. And, you know, it was just easier for them to fake their orgasm and then go shopping because they had other things to do because the man, they never trained their man how they love to be made love to. And, you know, that's what my book is about in the, the new guide to sensual bliss for women and, you know, basically a new guide to maximizing pleasure for men. And I talk about the nutraceuticals and the herbs. And I mentioned about Amori and Testogenesis and these different products with the links to them. But basically, I think there's a strong interplay between herbs 
nerves, hormones, and energy because you've got to have a lot of energy to want to enjoy sex. You've got to have that feeling, that blissful excitement, you know, when you engage and you have eye contact and you talk and lovingly enjoy your, your significant other. I mean, it can bring a relationship. Mm-hmm. I've had marriages, people tell me, 5, 10, 20 years, and it just kind of got old and humdrum, and they, they fell down to having sex once a week, then once a month, and that's the national average. And so when they right. start engaging in intimacy and love at least five times a week, you know, maybe take two days off because they gotta, you know, they're on an airplane and they're not together or something, or they just have, you know, Skype sex together, whatever it is. I mean, the body needs that love, and the people who have the most sex, uh, according to Dr. Tara Hertog in his review of centurions, had the most, the earliest interest in sex and proclivity or uh, fascination with sex, and had the most sexual activity into their, you know, centurion years of 80, 90, and 100 because they were healthy and fit and and uh, just you know which came first the sex and they got healthy and they took care of themselves better they brushed their teeth they shaved they did the right things you know or you know they they basically just had high natural hormone levels i know when you optimize a man or a woman's hormone levels they just feel like they came alive again and not only does it spill over and like napoleon hill says you, you can transmute your sexual energy to be a very sure. you know focused and sex, successful business person and then just have a better right. love life too yeah I mean, he mentions in that book that no successful person has a low sex drive, you know, whether it's sales or the president or he just went down the list of success. I mean, it was it was it was it's an older book. So he's mainly focused on men. So he's just naming one successful man after another. If someone wrote that book today, they could name a lot of successful women as well. And they would be in the same category. But sex drive is people forget the word drive. So when you're driven. Most people that are driven also are going to have a sex drive because that's a powerful drive that permeates to every other drive you have. Well, you know, Napoleon Hill wrote a book that was suppressed for 75 years and never released, Outwitting the Devil. And he went into great detail about sex and its importance in society. And it's interesting that, you know, they thought, you know, when he first wrote his original Think and Grow Rich, you know, they it was too early to release that and, and the, the family, oh, yeah. you know, waited. But it's a great book and the concept's correct. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think a lot of couples fall into low sexual activity because they've had low intimacy activity for a long period way before that, meaning if together time is watching TV together, that's not really together. I mean, that's nothing that there's anything wrong with that, but if that's, if that's what you consider together time, there's no, there's no intimacy there. You're watching TV. Right, so when you go exactly through this period time. of just low intimacy, yeah, exactly. There's no quality time there. It's, it's when you go through such a low intimacy, uh, such a long period of low intimacy, there's not going to be much motivation for sex because intimacy is a prelude to sex, if you will. Well, massage and 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 conversation. And just visiting together, you know, just maybe going to uh, another area near the ocean or the mountains and just quality time, you know. I mean, right. people people don't have to have the pressure of, of engaging in sex to, to think. And I think a lot of the pressure comes about because I was with three guys last night. We were talking and everything like guys talk. And, you know, it gets to a place they're, you know, in a new date and they've been dating for a while and it's time to engage. And they, you know, it's getting late and, you know, oftentimes, you know, they get around the sex. 
sex and it's hard to get an erection and you know these guys it, it's tough because you know they're they're pursuing a woman they like her and maybe the chemistry's good or it's not and, and you know it, it just takes time and and you really have to realize i mean men have their strongest erections first thing in the morning late at night they're they're a little fatigued their energy's down and that's i think where the herbs kick in that's where the testogenesis cream kicks in that's where the amori product kicks in you know these herbs were uh, basically formulated with that thought in mind you know how do you concentrate the release of more free testosterone how do you get the pea phenylethylalanine which is love at first sight hormone to peak how do you get the oxytocin to release how do you get all these natural hormones to engage together and help to optimize the adrenal cortisol function which helps a guy to kind of encounter and deal with uh, you know maybe a woman who's kind of putting up her defenses and you know women are very sharp and you know they they kind of analyze a guy whether he's smart enough or you know good enough to to be a potential mate and so you know there's a lot of pressure on a guy to perform and when it comes time to perform when he gets an erection does he get a hard firm erection how long does it last and then I think the biggest problem for men and I'm going to be very direct about this is that we put too much on society to say that we have to sustain an erection for a long period of time. And in my books, I talk about this. I say that Kinsey report showed that the gynecologists, uh, four of them had examined like 400 women and they put a probe and they tested where the most sensitive nerves are. And they noticed that obviously the clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings for pleasure. And that was the highest degree of sensitivity. But in the vagina, there was virtually no nerve endings whatsoever so during intercourse unless you're an acrobat and you can bend a woman backwards and reach her g-spot which is the uh, bottom third of the the clitoris you really have to lay her back and reach your finger up and, and massage the g-spot and your basically your male organ is not going to curve and go up into that direction so you know oftentimes a woman will kind of feel like oh ho-hum let's get this intercourse part over because i want to get off to do my shopping the reality is right. that foreplay is the main play so you got to teach guys you got to lay your woman back either if you don't want to do oral sex get a water device that sprays a strong stream of water i i created a little device that i never sold and i ended up seeing it at a sex shop years later you know how you come up with an idea an invention and you know you you, you kick yourself because you never launched it but you know you just hook this little like uh, piping device to to the water outlet instead of it going into the the shower head it just was the straight stream so you could direct that straight stream now women tend to know this when they go to swimming pool where the you know the stream of water is coming through they'll they'll situate themselves but if you get that straight stream going right there in the tub there where they're laying back they're going to have the most g- generous fun clean orgasm they've had in years and it just they just keep coming depending on how forceful or how gentle you want the water much like you know a tongue you got to teach the tongue this tongue's the strongest muscle in the body literally and it has the most endurance of any uh, muscle in the body and you you can train you know some t- women take 20 minutes of, of 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 indirect and then you know when if you find they they're not pulling away uh you can uh, stimulate the clitoris over the clitoris head or just below or some can handle direct as you build up to it. Sometimes it takes an hour, but once you learn or if you watch your woman masturbate and she's open to letting you learn, um, if you want to do it a quick start, use a Hitachi vibrator, hold it right over, and uh, she'll come within minutes. I mean, it just, it's just like a rocket. And so I teach our couples in the book and the information, you know, how do you please a woman every single time before the man even considers to enter the woman? And, and so then the guy should time taking his amore, taking 
his testogenesis. So when he's ready for his erection, because sometimes get, guys get aroused real quick when all this is going on, particularly during massage and licking and water sex and all these things. But when you get around to it, you know, the foreplay or the main play for the guy is when he finally comes. But, you know, if, if, if he takes the pressure off and he has the woman get on all fours, hold the vibrator under and enter her from behind uh, while she's got the vibrator on, you know, uh, he, he's going to, you know, peak at his point and she's going to reach her peak again and again. So really, uh, it, women will look forward to that kind of engagement because now you're paying attention to the woman's needs first. She's enjoying herself. She's looking forward to it instead of the, the majority of time when she never orgasms, which is what pornography tends to portray of, you know, this long, you know, periods of intercourse that never results in anything but a fake orgasm. See, Doc, Dr. Delgado, you missed your calling. See, if you had come out with that device, you could have, you you here's your marketing. Here's, here it is right here. The super soaker that can get her soaking wet. There you go. You could have been, you could just give this other career up right now, man, and just go on some island right now with a whole, Bunch of women and just enjoy yourself, man. <laughs> so you missed. Well, the part, the part that he, the part that he's leaving out is that it was a water pick that he was using exactly. instead of using it for his teeth. <laughs> it's kind of like that, it's kind of like a it's like a sharper image that back massager. And it's funny how that back massager always makes appearances in porn movies. Like, wait a minute, that's not her back. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, no, it's just a simple back massager. I bet it is. <laughs> Yeah, the company had well, thought she got uh, word that it, what it was being used for, and so they 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 uh, kind of try to reposition it. But yeah, I think women still yeah, know how to position it. <laughs> but but they didn't well, encourage I mean, you to combine it for that purpose, though. That's the thing about no, it. It's kind of no, like not at all. when I worked for not Red Bull all. in the in the very beginning, people were mixing Red Bull with vodka, and anytime we would go out and sample, people would say, "Oh, so is this good with vodka?" You know, we would never say no. And we never tell people not to do it. It was just all about like, well, we've heard that it is. You know, we're not endorsing it, but we're not condemning it either. Because <laughs> it's like that was just more sales. They told us, hey, don't say don't do that. I was like, well, okay. So I'm pretty sure that company is the same way. It's like, well, we're not saying, you know, to not use it in this manner. But let's just say that we're not encouraging you to <laughs> at the same time. Well, you know what? There's knockoffs out there that come in from China, and you can tell uh, when you grab the head of the Hitachi Magic Wand, if it's real soft and spongy, that's the good one. If it's a hard, firm one, it's the knockoff. So we, we make sure our office, we, you know, we order some extra ones because guys hear the show or girls hear the show, and, you know, they order it for, I don't know, it's 79 or $69, whatever the device is. But, you know, it, it, it works wonders uh, as, uh, you know, foreplay and main play, and it takes the pressure off the guy. Like I said, so he's not under a lot of pressure to maintain an erection for a long time because it's not about the duration of the erection. But I will say men do experience the duration and the quality and the firmness of the erection. So for them, it's a better experience. For the woman, it's more a matter of communication and foreplay and love play. And, and massage and, and communication. So, so you know, we, we view and enjoy love differently, but men, you know, will always say, look, if, if I'm soft and non-erect and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, enter her or even just uh, during a hand job, I mean, if it's just, if you can't get erect, it's hard to come. So, you know, one's got to come before.
before the other. So women don't understand the pressure men are under, and the reality is that you know these herbs help to clear an enzyme called PD5, and it tends to interfere with the erectile process. And I I'd studied this years right. ago, and I figured out that uh, there was a certain herb, horny goat weed, that along with a combination of other herbs, but if we could use a water extraction, which we figured out, we could concentrate it. We don't even sell it on the web, but they can call our office and get the, the product Amore and or by email, um, you know, they can just send to uh, DelgadoProtocol at, at gmail.com and uh, get get uh, uh, either the Hitachi Magic Wand or the Amori product. But we do sell the Testogenesis. I don't even think it's on our main website yet. It's at estrogenfix.com. I just looked it up, estrogenfix.com, because, you know, it goes about that estrogen dominance problem we talked about. And that Testogenesis, uh, I, I think you, your audience is going to just love that product. I mean, it just I'm waiting to hear the reviews from it, because I did my blood test this week, and I, I was just astonished at how strong it made me feel and how my clients had been using it my best clients we shipped it out early bottles to you mike and other people so i'm anxious yeah. to get your feedback and your lab work results because i am just astonished at how much more potent this product is it's like the original cream we did years ago and we finally with you know with your help and guidance I, you know i i just love working with people who are just kind of win-win and let's figure out a better way to help our, our people out there right yeah definitely now with this new supplement it has it has a dispenser pump you just press it one time and apply behind yeah, the women, ear? Yeah, women would press it once. It gives it about the size of a pea, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and it comes on the finger, so you can just rub it anywhere you want, or you can just squirt it right on the back of your hand and rub it, you know, pick, pick it up from there, or squirt it behind your ear and rub it, um, you know, if you want to squirt it on the perineum. I don't even think it's necessary, the perineum, any longer. It's so yeah, freaking yeah. potent. When it absorbs, it absorbs throughout your bloodstream yeah. because it's got a liposome delivery, and that little pump, we used to have to open a jar and stick your finger in it and stuff. It was pretty awkward. This this one's really easy, really simple to use. Right. Guys, they, they'll love it so much. I, I'm a little concerned they're going to slab this stuff all over and do a bunch of pumps. But it won't hurt them, but they're going to be like in ecstasy for too long. I don't know what I'm going to do about all the reports coming in. What, what? I didn't go to work. All I did was have sex all day in bed. Yeah, well, that, that's good that you don't have to put it on the perineum because a lot of us sweat there, right? <laughs> if we're sweating, <laughs> we're not absorbing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah pick it up. Trying to find the perineum. First, 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 guys are trying to find the perineum. <laughs> then they're trying to find enough. And then you're trying to find enough surface area to apply you know, the cream. <laughs> then you got to let it absorb fully before you get dressed and go on with your day. So it's better if you can just put it right behind your ear and move on. Yeah, yeah, and it rubs in. It's got a nice scent, and I noticed the refractory period. The guys that are using it are telling me they get their erection. They, you know, they they come with a strong, stronger climax than normal than ever. You know, they say, "Oh my God!" And then the refractory period it's short. They're able to get back up and go again if they want, and uh, you know, go. I, I think because of the estrogen dominance, it starts clearing some of the harmful estrogens. Sometimes it's going to make them last longer. Some guys like that. Some you know don't. They're just going to need a lot more pressure, a lot more, you know, uh, applied pressure, whether by, you know, your partner's mouth or, you know, or just whatever it takes, you know, with a strong hand grip or whatever, because sometimes it just takes a little longer to come. But some, some guys don't mind that, especially if you use Esterblock with Live Detox. We accidentally discovered that uh, Esterblock with Live Detox somehow went from a two-minute ejaculatory period. And I think estrogen is one of the culprits that cause guys to ejaculate prematurely so quickly. This thing, the average guy 
guys tell me they last 20 minutes or more, and you know they're just blown away. They said, God, I was never like that, and there's really nothing on the market, even pharmaceutical-wise, that's designed to make guys last longer. I hear all these pills on infomercials talking about it, and one of my good friends, John Abdu, created a product that's on every night almost, and uh, you know he he's talked to me privately, and you know he knows like, that we've got formulas that are just off the charts and amazing. So, you know, we're good friends. He's a great guy, and you know he talks openly in his book about ultimate sexual health. And so, you know, us guys are just always trying to support each other. Like we love Mike Mahler's products; they all work synergistically together. I mean, you know, working together on these projects because what better than help having people fall in love? Sex is the sizzle in relationships. And that's why I wrote these new books on Amazon and, you know, on our website, DelgadoProtocol.com, because I, I just think we'll be a happier, you know, culture. And, and uh, you know, bonobos monkeys, they just make love all, all the time. I mean, dolphins make love all the time. You know, they're not warring type animals. They're, they're having a good time, you know. Well, hey, man, we appreciate all the great information as always. And you weren't kidding. That was very direct. <laughs> That's about as direct <laughs> as it gets on that discussion. <laughs> the book is even better. I, I got to say, I, I'm blown away. I had a great co-author on it and uh, when I wrote the book on sex. And then my other book, Annihilate Acne, is one of the top dermatologists uh, co-authoring agreed to come out on, on our book uh, release uh, this week on Amazon. So Annihilate Acne Naturally uh, is great for all the teenagers and bodybuilders and people who are having problems with acne. I mean, it's a big, big problem. Um, and this book is amazing. Right. Uh, it's only two dollars and ninety nine cents on ebook on on Amazon right now. And just type in Nick Delgado, and you'll see the different books I've written. And you know, drop us a review. It really helps out because you know, then people who you know others uh, trust and believe. You know, I'm not asking for positive reviews. I'm just saying, you know, give it a true uh, test. Try out the products. Read the the material. Apply the principles, and have amazing, incredible sex. A firm, harder body, and and just uh, be more successful in business in life what more is there right yeah and what better place to end so i mean thanks thanks again for the great information and we'll look forward to talking to you again keep up the great work thanks thanks guys you take care you have a good day bye-bye and there we go another that's about <laughs> i don't know how we got up there i don't know how we got on that topic but hey oh, not being not pulling any punches yeah not pulling any punches. All of a sudden, we're talking about yeah, just bend, get her on all fours, and then apply the vibrator here, and then stick your stick your stick a digit. In. <laughs> How did we go from thyroid <laughs> to picks for clits? I, mean, <laughs> you know, I was just like, whoa, man. <laughs> but, like you said, yeah. he doesn't pull any punches whatsoever. You know what, though, man, it's, it, we we live in that we live in an ironic society because on one hand we have sexual images thrust upon us all the time. And then when it comes to the topic of sex discussion, people giggle like little kids. Like, come on, let's be exactly. Here, well, right? because yeah, other, other cultures been, are not. You go to you go to the Netherlands. It's little kids walk by a convenience store and there's postcards with a woman's twat on it, right? And the kids like I said, you've been deprived of this deal. conversation as a kid, and you're pretty much shamed for it even into adulthood. So of course you're gonna always. Right. Act like a kid, like, <laughs> like, oh man, like, I'm pretty sure there's some squirming going on, you know, during that discussion. Like, um, it's, it's like, you want to listen and you want to learn, but at the same time, there's this, this part that's, there's this guilt that's been ingrained in you. Like, you shouldn't be listening to this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't want to have pleasure. You shouldn't want to have sex. Right. I'm like, well, 
we want people to produce and continue to put human beings here, hopefully produce a good one. So, and how's that going to happen? Not by freaking stork. <laughs> okay, so you want to hear these conversations, but also you want to get beyond just having sex as a means of just producing. You know, why not want right. to, why would you not want to be intimate with someone other than that? So I think that's a, one, another one of the biggest issues that you have here is like, okay, so many people point like, oh, we're here to recreate, you know, to procreate. Yeah, but look here, man. If I, I'm here to create an income, you know, through any business that I have, but I want to enjoy it too. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually want to right, enjoy exactly. the whole process of that. So, you know, the thing is, we're not machines, man. We're not machines. We're not sex slaves or something like that where we're being forced to do these things. You want to enjoy the journey along the way. So why not have these conversations in the first place and get over it? And like you said, this is such a Western issue. You know, you go to Europe and, and places like that, people could care less about any of this stuff. They're not giggling about it. Yeah. They're not sitting there like, oh, my God, you know, you're on a, on a beach. It's not even a new beach. It's just a beach. You know, women are topless and no one cares. Well, that's what uh, like my friend Dave Gunter and I were talking about that. He said, like, in Brazil, if you're at a nude beach, the first thing people aren't thinking of is sex. They're just like, okay, we're nude at the beach. Well, right. a nude beach it's in like, America. Oh, they're, they're more like, oh, fine, like you know, I can feel. They you think know, somehow, just like, yeah, they think it's an, they think it's an orgy going on there. They somehow think that if there's a naked woman on the beach, she's more, she's more inclined to want to have sex when it has nothing to do with that. Exactly. <laughs> That's just her it's being comfortable. Them, and, you know? and, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I'm not recommending nude beaches for a lot of people. The last thing many of you listening should do is take your clothes off anywhere. Right. First thing you need to do is get on my products and follow the nutrition advice we talk out of the show and go work out a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you can seek that out. But I see enough TNA from guys uh, at the pool. Last thing I want to do is is have nude beaches become fashionable in the U.S. <laughs> but I think the other reason is when, when when discussions like this happen, like what Delgado just got into, a lot of people feel inadequate. So it makes them feel really uncomfortable because he's talking about all these things and they're going, oh, I don't do any of that stuff. And come with a and mirror. There's no discussion. Okay. And while yeah. they're happening, yeah. there's this, this virtual mirror that's popping up in front of these, you know, people who are feeling inadequate, like, and it's just enhancing things that they didn't want to think about. It's like, well, <laughs> right, okay, exactly. well, now here's this, here's the issue. You've known this issue has been going on, but here are the solutions. Instead of just feeling the shame and, oh my God, it's just like, I wonder if they're talking about me. It's more like, okay, it's as with anything on the show when we bring guests on here. It's like, here's a problem, but also here's a solution. And now that you have the solution, now just go out and make it happen. If it's if it's if it's a painful enough problem for you, now you have a way to kind of make to make the pain go away. And that's the way you should approach it. Not feel shame. It's like, okay, look, everybody's not perfect. Everybody's got things going on. And at the same time, the beautiful thing about this show is like, we don't know what your problem is. We don't know you. We don't see you or anything like that. Only you know what's truly going on with you, and you can address it because that's the whole point of having this show. It's to you know to put out these solutions for folks and help our listeners out there. So there's no shame in the game. Hey man, look, things you're not getting things up in the morning, you know, and if you're not turning your mate on, here's some free tips you just got right there. You didn't have to go and look on the internet. You didn't have to sit there and go look at porn and be and look at the fallacy of that. Cause that's just, that's BS. Okay. That's just BS. So, and which is right. one of the biggest issues with intimacy is watching things like that. Or even watching Hollywood movies, right. and these, these romantic comedies or whatever else. It's like, Again, don't forget, these are actors. Okay. So, you know, and they don't know, they don't know what's going on with your life. So address your personal right. things. Like a lot of these diet mag, diet books or whatever else, diet magazine articles or whatever. They're very general at best. They have no idea what's going on with you. 
So you've got to really find out what's working for you, what's not working for you, and address those issues. And see, out of all this stuff that we've talked about in the last hour and a half, you know, in those 90 minutes, pick one of those minutes, one thing, and make something happen. Trust me, Dr. Elgato gave a lot. Mike's given a lot. So you know, there are a lot of options out there. You just got to pick one and, and hey, milk it <laughs> to the very end. Don't, don't just give up after two days or a day or whatever or an hour. Like, oh, that didn't work. You know, see it through. As we always say that, even yeah, with you know, just training programs. You just never know where you're at. You might have, you might, the, the one thing you may have picked up from that whole discussion is, you know what? I need to get out and walk more. I'm going to start there. I'm going to go get some fresh air. I'm going to take my dog for a walk. Or if you don't have a dog, you're going to go to the shelter and get a dog, and then you're going to walk that dog every day. That may be the first thing you start off with, and that's a good place to start. Yeah. And then you may get to the point where you're going, you know what? My wife and I, we sit around and talk. We watch too much TV. That's all we do is sit around. Let's go out. Let's, we're going to go to a concert tonight. We're going to go to a concert yeah. this weekend. We're going to go have a nice you know, dinner at a nice restaurant and, and go have a nice walk somewhere and enjoy some sights. We're going, to, we're going to take a vacation, you know, whatever it is. Because having fun together, when you're having fun together, it's going to permeate into having good sex together as well. When you're not having any fun together, how, how is not having fun at all together lead to somehow having sex together. <laughs> you right. know, it's, it's just that we, we just watched far. We, oh we didn't say a word to each I didn't other. Say a word to and we're going to go hey, have sex. Like, Oh, now you're <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> you haven't said anything for hours. Now that's, that's the only thing you've got for the night. It's like, come on, man. So they're, 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 and both, if you do they're have, not even talking to each other. They're, they're texting each other in the same house. She's upstairs. He's downstairs. Hey, what are you doing up there? Oh, I'm watching this. What are you doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to be real clever now. I'm going to send her a dick pic. Ha, ha, ha. That would get her excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She's like, Too yeah, lazy I've to seen go upstairs before. and even show it. you got to send a picture. <laughs> like, I've seen it before. I'm not impressed. Stay downstairs. <laughs> Continue watching games. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, man. you you got yeah, to have some, fun in take life. Take one like, thing you, in there. You like you. No, like you said, you, you don't want to just make a great income. You want to have fun while you're doing it. And uh, people people trivialize that. They're like, oh, you got to be an adult when you really shouldn't. I, I feel the same way. I go, if I make a great income, great. But if I didn't have fun doing it, that's a loss in my opinion. It's not a total yeah, loss exactly. because you need to make money in this world, but it's a loss nonetheless. I want to have I want to have fun doing it. Like I'm writing this book right now, Mahlerisms. I'm not doing it because I want to increase my mm -hmm. income. My income is fine. No, that's not the motivation. The motivation is it's fun. Every day I'm coming up with stuff. I'm writing it down. I'm putting it together. You know it's good when you're reading your own stuff and you're laughing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's when you know you're onto something here. You're like, this is good. And you put it out there and so people are laughing. So they tend to do things you. that are told. They are told that are fun, but it's not fun for them. <laughs> Just like, okay. <laughs> like, look, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, you need to go to Cabo. Cabo's fun. And you get there, there's like all these freaking college kids, they're just drunk and wild yeah, in the hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's noisy all night long. Yeah. That's not fun now. Especially if you're in your thirties right. and your forties or whatever. Like if you're a you're a twenty something, you know, early twenties, then that may be fun. But you know, walking out of your hotel room to a big pile of vomit because somebody couldn't hold their liquor, some little nineteen year old <laughs> couldn't hold their liquor, that's not fun. I don't want to smell that. You know, but it's Cabo and everybody loves Cabo. Well, I can't stand Cabo now. <laughs> So, so don't get tricked into other people's idea of fun or some marketing campaigns version of fun that to sell things. You know, find out what's fun for you. Look, man, sitting here and you know taking walks for two or three hours—that's fun for me. 
you know, just even just sitting around. Trust me, there's entertainment as I'm walking because people I'm eventually going to see human beings when I'm walking around and human beings are entertaining. Just some of the things that they do. <laughs> so, so one thing, but you don't need to tell them. You don't even have to subscribe to cable. Just go outside and just trust me. Someone's going to show up and put on a show for you, whether you like it or not. So just take it in. Enjoy it. It's free. <laughs> it's a, it, it might even be some things you want to write about. Hell, you might even like send us a, a message on Patreon like, hey, can you guys talk about, you know, <laughs> just just the, the old dude that's trying to hit on every chick at the dog park. Because <laughs> trust me, <laughs> I have dogs. Uh, know every, that dude. Every dog, park, that dude. every dog park has one. I could tell a story just recently that a young lady that told guy. me about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, you know what's really interesting, and well, I won't go too far in this because I don't want to go into a total different discussion, but that book that you recommended a while back, right, The Gift of Fear, I recommend yeah. that to women all the time. And it just comes up organically in conversation. So just the other day, speaking of creepy people at the dog park, I was talking to a young lady who I see at the dog park every day. She brings her dog out. So we all know each other. Mm-hmm. And we were just walking along, and she goes, you know, do you know, do you know a guy named so-and-so? I'm not going to name him on the show. And I was like, yeah, I know that guy. He's kind of a weird dude. She's like, oh, you know, I'm so glad you said that because I thought it was just me. You know, I, he was talking to me the other day, and it, it made me really uncomfortable. It was it was really, it was, I, I just thought he was really creepy and I didn't, it's like, I, I, I didn't want to think that I was just uh, overreacting. And I was like, I, I stopped her right there. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I was like, when someone makes you feel uncomfortable, don't <laughs> trust your instincts, you know, go with it. Right. A lot of times our instincts are wrong, but not in this particular case, especially from women to male relationships. And I right. was like, well, what did he say to you? And he's, he's like, you know, the first thing he did is he came up to me and he goes, Oh, Hey, are you married? And she is married. But that's a creepy. Even that alone is creepy, because no one wants to open a conversation. Like really? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's like, "Yeah, I am married." And she's Eastern European, so this guy's like, uh, "Oh, uh, do you have any other Russian friends? You know, because a lot of my friends, a lot of my male friends, are in their fifties, and they got these Russian girls they're really happy with. So I'm thinking about meeting one myself." So it's just really inappropriate. Yeah, so inappropriate. (laughs) And then then it gets better, man. It gets better because she and I are walking, and then we we see him off in the distance, and she's like, "Oh God, there he is up there." She's like, "I'm going to turn around." I'm like, "No, no, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't do that. Don't don't have that kind of don't have that kind of provocative energy when you see this guy because they're going to pick up on that, and he may actually pursue you if you do that." So I go, "Plus, you're with me. So if he acts inappropriately, I'll step in. Don't worry." So we just kept walking forward. And then there's another lady there, a French lady, very nice, and she's pregnant, and she's getting towards the end of her pregnancy, so her, her stomach's rather large right now. It's one thing we all notice, right? But as men, those of us who like to think of ourselves as gentlemen, we don't make the mistake of commenting on pregnant women's physiques, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's probably something we learn when we're... It's probably one of the first things but, you learn but, when we're five years old. Exactly. Like, life, don't right? ever ask a woman, you know, how many months she is, no matter what. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so what does this guy do? So, so she joins us, the French lady. So it's me and this other girl. We're all walking down there. This other guy shows up, the creepy guy in question. The first thing he says to the pregnant lady is like, oh, wow, look at your stomach. It's huge. What happened? Ha, ha, ha. And he thinks he's being charming. He thinks he's being funny, but it isn't. It's not funny. She didn't find it funny. She's a cool lady, so she she didn't get offended. But the second he walked away, I was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> you know, I was like, "Who walks up to a pregnant lady and comments on her stomach?" And we're laughing about it. But I go, "What the fuck was that?" 
And then you ask right. what happened. <laughs> so what happened? Well, the yeah, one thing go, that you, what do you think happened? The one thing you don't have to worry about ever <laughs> happening. Somebody fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good question. There isn't a good answer for you. You know, with the, she has a good answer because she has a nice husband. She's married. So my, uh, so my, obviously, <laughs> something that you don't have any experience in. I had sex. Okay. <laughs> But see, in this guy's mind, he thinks he's he thinks he's being funny. He thinks he's being charming, but the reality is completely right. opposite. Now, what's interesting about this whole thing is I've talked to this guy many times, and I never thought he was creepy. But see, I'm coming from a man, a male perspective. Exactly. I'm also coming. I'm also coming from a male perspective of well, a guy who looks like me, right? I'm not the kind of guy who gets bothered too much. Let's just be honest out there. It is not because I project being a dickhead or anything like that. It's, just me, just my natural expression, people find intimidating. And that's not purposeful, but it is useful. <laughs> you know, I won't lie. So anyway, people don't tend to come with me with creepy energy or negative energy, at least not other dudes. Cougars on the strip, that's another story I won't get into. <laughs> but, uh, so, but, I, but I always thought this guy was a weird dude. I was like, this guy's a weird guy. I think he's socially awkward. But I never thought of him as a creepy guy. But once I heard these stories, once I heard the story from the one young lady, and then I saw the way he talked to another young lady, I was like, wow. Wow, what a totally different experience. You know, it just made me right. look at this guy in a totally new light. Exactly. And now every time I see him, every time I see him and there's a, any young woman or any woman rather within 20 feet of this guy, I pause a little bit. I'm like, you know, maybe yeah. I should stick around, not, not just walk right. up. Let me just stick around just in case. <laughs> Some people are just oblivious, yeah, like, though, man. They just have no clue. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's obvious. We all, I think we've all met that guy. You know, there's some women, there's some women like that too. So someone, it's an equal opportunity employer here. There's some women that say some really crazy. It's just like, oh man, just so awkward. And you're like, whoa. (laughs) So I'll tell you the best. I'll tell you what I've never found creepy. You know, a lot of women are like, I don't like when guys do cat calls and all that kind of stuff. And I understand that completely. I'm not diminishing that at all. But I've been on the receiving end of that from black women because out of all the women that have hit on me, and I've been hit on by a variety of women, but black women make up the majority, right? I have one story after another. And I, I, I'll tell you what, man, I don't find that stuff creepy at all because black women don't tend to be creepy, at least that's my experience. They'll be very, they'll be very blunt, which I don't mind. I'm from the East Coast. But, I could, but, I, but to me, it actually makes my day. I remember I was at TSA one time and this lady, black leg lady, had a, she just had this sourpuss look in her face like most TSA agents, right? She didn't even look up at me. She, the first thing she saw was my driver's license. And anyway, she liked what she saw there, so she looked up with a big smile on her face. You know? and then she's like, oh, wow, you're fine, and I love your black and white goatee. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. And then I'm walking away, and she's like, damn, you look good walking away, too. Mm-mm-mm. You know? <laughs> now, if this were a guy doing this to a female, that's creepy. But to me, I didn't feel like it was creepy at all. You know, she was just, it was just a fun exchange. And at the airport, man, let's be honest, no one's in a good mood at the airport. So this is the perfect place for this kind of exchange to happen. I made her day just being me. She made my day just being her. It was a nice little fun exchange. So I think it'll be a shame if we get to a point in society where males and females can't have this kind of innocent, fun banter, right? It's not creepy. It's not meant to go anywhere. You know, she's not saying, oh, let, let me get your phone number and I'll meet you in the bathroom in 10 minutes. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a fun exchange. And I've had that experience many times. But I think when in doubt, don't say anything. I think it's one thing where people often say, well, you know, women can get away with things that guys can't get away with. And that's true. But generally... It's not coming from a 
generally they're not threatening to you. It's I not think coming from a, a power trip right? situation. They're, they're exactly. not trying to. They're not trying to use it as a position of power and tr- and try to right. force you to do something or behave in a certain way that they want. There, there's the difference right, right there. So it wasn't like that lady right. was saying that in order to make you feel small enough to be like, okay, well, what do you want me to do, ma'am, Ms. TSA agent? It's not like it was a dominatrix, you know, submissive exchange going on or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't from a power, you know, it was from a place of intimidation and to try to control yeah. you. And I think that's where the. You didn't pull me aside and be like, "I'm going to need you to take your clothes off, sir." Exactly. Like, well, aren't I supposed to be like searched by mail? Oh, we short staff today. Get it staffed, and you're like, "Okay, here we go." And then she walks by, and then then you you take your clothes off. (laughs) You take your clothes off, and she just smacks your ass. You know, she just smacks your ass and quiet. She's like, "Yeah, I just had to do that." <laughs> you know? like, that would be uncomfortable. You sure you're not a drug mule? We're gonna do an anal probe, sir. And a certain another chick. So it's like there's a difference right there. Like really? <laughs> so yeah. But I think I think a lot of stuff, and I hate to use the word common sense because common sense is not common. So it's 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 a very uh, overused term. Oh, we just need common sense on this. It's like, well, we don't have any common sense. Common, <laughs> when I think of common, I think of stupid. I don't think of smart, I don't think of good ideas coming from the common area. <laughs> you know? I, I think of a lot of bad ideas coming from there. So forget about common sense. It just needs sense. <laughs> sense, which is not common, would be more accurate. But I mean, you got you got to know how to read body language, man. That's that's when when you say something stupid and you can and someone reacts in a very creepy way. You have the opportunity to apologize immediately and say, hey, you know what? I can tell that what I just said made you feel really off put and I just want to apologize. I didn't mean to do that. And that would probably make a difference because you know, a lot of times we're going to screw up. Human behavior or human communication can be complex. Sometimes you just say stupid stuff. But if you're cognizant enough to read someone's reaction, you can own it immediately rather than leave that person uncomfortable as you walk away. Which means first thing you got to do is get out of your freaking head. So whatever you had planned by saying that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, with that, with, with, yeah. oh, like, like, like the guy in the park, you know, but him saying that what he said to the French lady, he, in his mind, he thought like, I'm, this is going to break the ice. Let me just bring up a pregnancy because, you know, all these stupid ebooks and whatever else, like, you know, the best way to, you know, to attract a woman is to, you know, first of all, notice something about her, you, you know, and have a conversation about her. So in his mind, he's thinking like, okay, so let me think, what, 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 what can I talk about? Oh, she's pregnant. Let's talk about that. Because in those books, they tell you like, look at her shoes and compliment her shoes. This dumbass thinks like, oh, she's pregnant. Let me talk about her pregnancy because, you know, women love children, you know, and you know, whatever. So he's probably so stuck on, I got to bring up something about her and make it about her that he didn't bring up the right thing and in the right way. And he's probably not even hearing, he probably didn't even notice her facial reaction or whatever else because he's waiting for that result to happen that he, thought this should have happened. He was attached to this idea right. and it didn't happen. So he's like, didn't he give that awkward laugh? That laugh is basically saying like, oh shit, I failed. When he's like, ha, ha, ha. that's the <laughs> I failed laugh. <laughs> so, I, so when people say, when people say, oh, someone, then he had a dumb ass laugh. That's exactly what that is. It's a dumb ass's laugh. Okay, when you do that, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So, but maybe, I mean, also sometimes, sometimes guys are so delusional that Sometimes when a woman is uncomfortable, she'll laugh, not because she thinks it's funny, but because it's a nervous reaction. Like, right. you don't know what to do in that situation. Like, this guy's creepy. It made me feel uncomfortable, and I don't know what to do, so you kind of laugh it off. To as a way to yeah, so he's like, let me exactly. laugh it off. If I, if I make a mean face, he might get pissed off, call me a bitch or whatever else, and then it starts a whole new set of problems. So, you know, just it's right. a defense mechanism. They kind of like... <laughs> 
It's like, even that right there, dude, is a sign. That was not a genuine laugh. That's a get-the-hell-away-from-me laugh. Or like, oh, right. you're creepy laugh. That, that's, like, that's one point. But also, my advice to women in this situation would be, and not putting any fault on you whatsoever, but the best advice in that situation is, if a guy makes you feel uncomfortable, you have a right to say you're making me feel uncomfortable. The way you're talking exactly. to me is or making me feel highly inappropriate. Or just tell him, like, that's yeah, highly inappropriate. Exactly. Yeah, that's not appropriate at all without a laugh. Because if you make it, if you laugh and say it's inappropriate, then all he sees is the laugh and he thinks you're joking around. Exactly. You're like, you know what? That's not right. appropriate at all. I would don't talk to me like that. I don't appreciate you coming up to me talking to me like that. I say it to and people in me, general. No. And I, sometimes I deal with customer service people and they're being rude. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're not going to come at me like that. No, <laughs> you I, just, I, trust me. You know, for the ladies listening, trust me. We both know that different situations are going to warrant a different response. So yeah, that's not going to necessarily work in every situation if you're like trying to walk to your car in an empty parking garage and some dude approaches you and says right. something like this you know so yeah it may not be the best time to say hey that's highly inappropriate and there's no no one else around fortunately for this lady there was mike and the other lady so there was witnesses you know and there was a guy that was you know pretty much not being creepy in the presence of all this going on so that probably would have worked better right. in her favor for her to say that's highly inappropriate now so uh, oh, yeah. again go with your gut ladies go with your gut so if <laughs> Hell, even if you got to just say thank you and just get on by, you know, on your way, then do so. Even though you're not actually, don't think in your mind like, well, I'm condoning what he's saying. No, you're trying to get home safely or get to wherever you're getting safely. You're right. not trying to provoke right. whatever else. So, again, you got to look at those situations, you know, and find out, really just think like which one is going to, because look, these jackasses, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So this is the thing we have to think <laughs> about, you know, you know, how right. to de- de-escalate these issues, you know, and before they get, they go totally sideways. So, so it sucks. It totally sucks. Trust me. But, um, yeah, man. God, it's just like, I, I wish there was like an asshole repellent you could just spray on someone. It's like, oh, asshole. Whoa, what was that? Well, now you're a nice guy. Cause I just sprayed you with the spray. <laughs> so now, I don't, no other woman has to worry about an asshole comment like that ever happening again because I have this asshole repellent. <laughs> so, right. if it could only be that easy. But until then, these are the things you gotta think about. You know, which sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, trust me. I have to go through these things. Cool, man. I have a daughter. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, there's a little extra credit conversation for you folks. You got yep. more than you could bargain for, like every episode. I mean, you learned <laughs> about estrogen dominance, causes, stuff you may not want to hear. You learned about thyroid health. <laughs> you got you got in you got a unprovoked lesson in sexual intimacy from Dr. <laughs> to my Dado, more than you bargained and for. And humanity. <laughs> and a humanities lesson. You know, and honestly, you know what? The way I'm thinking about this, this little extra section right here, this whole episode in its entirety is just going to be for Patreon. So, fortunately, the free people won't even hear this. <laughs> so, it's going to be a nice little edit. It's going to be a nice edit for them. So, yeah. Again, more bonuses for our Patreon subscribers. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. All right, folks, you know the drill. Use that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off everything at MikeMahler.com, NewWarriorTrain.com. Go leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is and also how disappointed I am that not enough of you guys are doing it. When we have thousands of listeners, we should have thousands of reviews. I mean, if you've been, if we have thousands of the same people listening to every single episode, why do we only have 200 reviews on Stitcher, on, on iTunes and what, 70 on Stitcher? We know the majority of our listeners are listening to either one of those mediums, so we should have a thousand right. on each website. So go get it done. It doesn't have to be a, a thesis. Just say, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Five stars. It could be even as simple as that. Exactly. So, And we'll appreciate that. All right. 
So, and also share these episodes to my Patreon or not. It's free. It doesn't matter. Share them. Get more people on the Patreon train. So share those episodes as well. All right. So um, other than that, that's all we got, man. Catch you guys on the next yep, one. Yep, that's it. Take, take care, Take everyone. care everybody. Bye.